Welcome back to the show. Let's bring in Mike Rupp, NHL Network, co-host of That's Hockey Talk podcast, which I appeared on it a few days ago. How'd it go? Well, it was good. And then Pat McAfee joined us on the show, Nick Moraldo and, and Mike Ruppert. They do a terrific job. But Pat comes on and he's like right into my face with like, <laughs> you know, who's, who's the best? Who's the toughest? And... Like, we go to Sid, right? Yeah. And this is where I kind of got in trouble because he dropped an F-bomb, and then I felt like, okay, maybe I can drop one in. And then by the end of the night, like, word gets around, and my wife's ready to kill me. Oh. She's like, why did you swear so much? It's like, well... Someone went first, and then it's like one of those things where it's just getting out of hand. The whole conversation was... What makes Sid Sid? Right. And, Rupper, I thought we had a really good conversation, and we just said the it factor. It's the uh, who's got the – who plays with F-U. But I didn't say F. I, I said the whole word. And that kind of got me in trouble with my wife, but I thought it was a good conversation. Rupper, how are you, pal? Hey, what's up, guys? No, it was a great conversation. And uh, Sid doesn't just play with the F part. He plays with the whole word. So you got the only way to get it across everybody, you know? So, uh, you know, it's funny you say that. I I had on, um, so on, on XM Radio, we had on uh, Scotty Upshaw uh, the one day. And I don't know what it is. Just sometimes when you get certain people on there, and maybe it's the, you know, Scotty was like a peer of mine, you know, played at the same time. And once you start just talking, and, and, and it was uh, – it was Shane O'Brien, Scotty Upshaw, myself, Steve Coolius. And it's like, once you start talking, it ends up, you almost forget. It's like you're back in the locker room, right? And then as soon as one person has a little bit of a mishap, Scotty had a mishap and he said something. Then I said something. And I was like, I've never done that. You know what I mean? It just kind of opens the floodgates. So I know what you mean. That once, once someone lets it go, uh, all bets are off. But we had a great talk. You were awesome on there. We got great feedback from it. And, you know, it's like, you know, guys getting on there to keep it real. And uh, we kept it real, but maybe some people, uh, <laughs> your wife included, don't want to hear it too and, real. And just, and just for our listeners, though, I, I thought it was a, a fantastic conversation because we watched Sid, and he is this generation's best player. With all due respect to the talent of Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid, uh, and they're spectacular with their talents, but there's just still... Sid and the battles that he's had over the years and the, the willingness Rupper to get his nose dirty and all these battles, Dubinsky, uh, Claude Giroux, Chara, he's gone nose to almost nose with, but yeah. it, it, this guy is relentless to win. He is. He is. You know, it's funny when you look at it too, because I think maybe that's what some of these guys in, we don't know. These guys are still writing their story, right? Connor, Leon, Austin, these guys are still writing that story. And remember early on with Sid, though, it was, you know, people were calling him Cindy Crosby. They were saying he's just whining all the time. He's doing this, he's doing that. But then eventually that, that kind of just fell to the wayside. Why? Because we all saw it. You know, we saw how he grew up and he, 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 he attacked the game. And I said this to you the other day, and I'll say it again. I'll say it to anybody that talks that I talked to, I, I've been very fortunate in my career to play in the league, but play with uh, a, a lot of different Hall of Famers. 
And uh, I took pieces and, and watched those guys closely. I played with Scott Stevens, you know, and, um, you know, Scott Niedermeyer. And I was fortunate enough to be with Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin. Those guys, all the greats and, and the, the great greats, they have this edge to them that you don't always see. You're not going to see it while they're talking to the media. You're not going to see it when they're doing their, you know, side projects and, and they're smiling and they got their side gigs going on. It, when you get on the ice, Sidney Crosby will rip your face off and practice for a puck. And like, I mean that. Like, if you steal the puck from him, you will get whacked, you will get hacked, and he will get the puck back. And that's in practice in Pittsburgh where no one's watching. And, and that's the difference. Like, these guys, there's like this it factor. A lot of other guys have that to play in the NHL. Kipper, you, 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 to, to play the way you played, like you had that, have that. Uh, I had to have that to some degree, but I didn't have the skill. Like skilled guys that have that, now we're talking, now you're cooking with gas. I think we still need to kind of see that from all these young superstars, but we can't forget. We didn't see it right away with these other guys. Right. It takes some time. Yeah, that, that's the question that I'm hung up on is like, can you learn that? Um, because I, I don't think you can force that on someone, but I do think that you can develop it with age somewhat. You know, does Connor McDavid have it? Does Austin Matthews have it? Is that something that's still a work in progress? Uh, yeah, I'll leave it there for you, Mike. Yeah, no, I yeah, I think that you you learn it because you get frustrated because what has worked up to that point for you to make it to the NHL, maybe you had success prior, and when you don't have that success, you get extra hungry and you get extra desperate and you sometimes get a little more ruthless and that's that's hockey. Hockey's a rude game, man. Like you know what I mean? Like the, be. if you're playing it the right way, you're you're rude. You're out there and you're aggressive. You're trying to get, you're trying to get the puck. You're trying to finish your head. You're trying to be physical and, and be very hard to play against. And um, guys will get that. I, you know, I don't know how much. Uh, I think a lot of it probably comes with expectations. And if you're great players not meeting those expectations for others, you start getting more and more of a chip on your shoulder. And so, um, you know, I, I think that when you have guys that have that kind of it factor, now now we're cooking with gas because. Um, if those guys don't have it, the leader, the leading guys on your team, it's going to be really hard for other guys on the team to kind of replicate, right? Well, you know, it's that, that's it in a nutshell. For me, Rupert, you know what helps the most, even means more to me than a coach telling me to go out and do it, is having teammates do it. Mm-hmm. And it's, that, that, that's contagious. It's like when you come to practice and you think you're just going to take your – your your street clothes off and go put your equipment on but you see like seven of your teammates and they're on bikes before practice <laughs> like oh we're doing this are we guess guess what i'm doing <laughs> the next practice yeah. I, i'm i'm on that bike there's not a chance i'm coming into the dressing room and not riding the bike before practice if six of my teammates are doing it and that's the same thing with playing with an edge and you know if the team's not built that way then there's no pressure to to show it but there is if if your peers are doing it. Yeah. And that's, that to me is the, the deciding factor in what gets teams over the hump. And we talk about grit and determination. Those things could, they could be defined a hundred different ways. And I always think that it's one of those stat lines that isn't really on paper. How do you measure it? But everybody says you gotta be hard to play against that could look, that could look so many different ways. 
You know what I mean? Like my way of being hard to play against is certainly going to look different from the next guy and the next guy and the next guy, but you've got to be difficult to, to, to play against. And it starts by watching, you know, having the right leadership uh, guys around that have been through it, that have learned that way. Um, maybe if they brought it from another team, um, I, I just sit there. I think of my first couple of years, and again, I'm not saying it needs to go back to this. It's not, but the, the way it was then, when I was in New Jersey, uh, I was a rookie trying to make it, and I'm trying to just, you know, I, I get called up, and you're just trying to make it through practice, and you're thinking, hey, I'm gonna try to pop a couple goals in here, and you know, be sharp in my passes, and get pucks out in practice when I need to, and there might be three fights in practice. And I'm like, holy crap, I better be ready. You know, I better be on my toes here. And the coach loved it. Everybody loved it because it, it got guys. We understood when we were on a three-game losing streak, there's a couple scraps in practice. That was guys saying, hey, this isn't good. You're not going to come out here and just snap the puck around. And, and again, times change. I'm not expecting people to have – but, but you got to practice hard. You know, and, and I always was taught from those guys, like the Scotty Stevens. If Scotty Stevens isn't practicing hard, he's doing a disservice for all of us. And, you know, if Marty Berdor doesn't, and he did, man, he would play every puck. You know, a lot of goalies stop that first puck and they wait for the next guy to come down. The next two guys might not be able to shoot because Marty's still battling rebound three, four, and five off the first shooter. And I, I'm like, that guy made me better, a better hockey player. You know what I mean? I didn't score a ton of goals in my, in my day, but I can't even imagine how few I would score if I wasn't shooting on Marty in practice and his competitive nature. So I, I just think you got to have that kind of extra grit in your in your lineup or in your locker room or it's just you're gonna that's what separating teams come come springtime we're speaking with mike rupp stanley cup champion and co-host of that's hockey talk podcast safe to say here rupper that uh when it comes to mitch marner and and austin matthews they're they're playing as hard as they've ever played uh, in their careers and having the most success is is that enough to lead this toronto maple leaf club um, I mean, right now, I, it, it's so hard for me to, I love what they're doing. I love both these players. I'm actually a huge, I've been a huge Mitch Marner fan for a long time. I think, I, I still don't think outside of maybe Toronto and outside of parts of Canada stateside here, I don't think he gets enough love and attention. I think it's always, uh, for whatever reason, he, he just doesn't get enough. I, I think he brings a lot of things to the table. I think it's a, a learning process for these two guys as well. They're playing a great brand right now. But it's hard for me to really – I feel like we've seen it before. You know what I mean? So I, we've, I've seen these guys be outstanding. We've all seen them be great, lead this team, make this – I mean, this team's starting to creep up now on you know, the, the Florida and the Tampa Bays. It, it, it didn't look like that was going to happen not too long ago. So they're, they're coming up in that division. But it, it's still – I hate to say it because that's what everybody's been saying now is – we're going to measure this team come playoff time, but that, that's just the nature of it that we're going to, because we've seen this before. Um, I, I, that doesn't take away from what they're doing right now. And it's just different ways of figuring out how to get it done in the postseason. I think that's the hardest thing. It's like, you know, uh, you got to find ways to accomplish the end goal by maybe taking a different route. And I think that that's what, when we started this conversation with Sid or Evgeny Malkin or the greats, they found ways. The, the end goal never changed, but the way to get to it, uh, they took a different path, and they eventually solved it. Rupper, we've heard both the Leafs uh, general manager and Carolina, we had the uh, Mike Feudon, who's with Carolina yesterday, talk about their dressing rooms and say stuff like, 
they want to add, but they don't want to take away from the chemistry. They don't want to take away from the dynamic in the locker room to do so because they're having success, right? They're first and third, respectively, in, in winning percentage, these two teams. You know, what? what how important is that chemistry? Like, if you can get a, a player who improves you at a position but comes at a cost of taking out a good voice in the room or a good guy, does it really matter? Uh, how much do you weigh those factors? I think it's big. I do. I, I think that if you – listen, I think GM's job – a GM's job is to put the right amount of talent in a room. And then it's within the locker room. It's within the coaching staff to, to figure the rest of it out. I think back when – um, you know, I think it was Brendan Shanahan's last year playing Lou Lamarillo in Jersey. We he traded for him and uh, or signed him, I should say. Sorry, we signed him, and Shanny came on board. And the Shanny was awesome. He was great. I mean, it's Brendan Shanahan. Are you kidding me? Like right. uh, it was an honor for us to get Shanny on on our team. And I'm like, I watched this guy growing up, and he was awesome when we had him. But the the, the problem that kind of existed for a little bit was the guy that left the lineup was Jay Pandolfo and Jay Pandolfo now was a healthy scratch and he was our, you know, every team has their award winners within their team. He was our like five year in a row uh, players player award winner. Like he was our, he was our favorite teammate basically every year it was voted. Now he's out of the lineup. So although we added Brandon Shanahan and we've got that, you know, that mind that he has and, and all the things that he's seen, it, it was, it didn't, it kind of threw everything for a loop for a little bit and it took time and we had to figure it out and we didn't win the cup that year. We didn't, you know, go far in the playoffs. We figured it out and it ended up working out, but it's, it is tough. It's different because these teams, when you're, when you're going good, especially teams that are going good, you want to add a piece to get you over the hump. And sometimes by adding that piece, maybe it messes things up for a little bit, the short term. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a real thing. It's something that, uh, you got to have the right room for, and you got to have the right coaching staff for. Rupper, second half of the season officially underway. Uh, Storylines, teams that you think have upside moving forward here, and maybe a, a team that might regress, in your opinion. Yeah, um, I mean uh, the the upside uh, teams uh, they're pretty obvious. I, I I've got my top tier. Um, I really am excited to see what the Florida Panthers bring the second half. I, I don't think that that's much of a surprise for anybody. Uh, they looked really good. I just think this team has an answer and they check all the boxes. I, I just, uh, I'm excited to see part of that too, that we even spoke about individually from players that chip on your shoulder. What have they learned? Are they going to do it differently? What they went through last year in the playoffs. And I think that was the best route or the best matchup in the playoffs was Tampa versus Florida. Um, have they learned from that? I mean, their chances are, I mean, they're going to have to go through Tampa or, uh, you know, the Leafs uh, or both to go where they want to go. So I'm really excited to see how they manage this second half of the season. And we all know it gets harder as this goes on. Uh, as far as a team that, that's, uh, surprised me, or I think that can really make some noise here. Um, I, I, it's tough. I, I think this this Minnesota Wild team for me, they've been really hot since the Winter Classic. Were they like nine and one or nine zero oh and one or something like that? I think, and just from the, the the matrix, the salary matrix that they have going on, this is the one year that GM Bill Guerin can can really, I feel, make a big move because the the buyout situation with Parisi and Suter, those kind of quote unquote punishments start next season. This is his one year 
I think where they might be able to, you know, have enough room salary cap wise to, to go and do something next year. They're, they're, you're going to get those um, penalties for those guys. And it's going to be really tough for the, 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 the coming years. I think this team is very close. Uh, are they a favorite of mine to win the cup? Absolutely not. No, but they are a handful. So I'm, I'm really excited to see coming to this March 21st deadline, what Bill Garrett has up his sleeves. And I think that's going to, that's going to depend on how this team, if they keep playing the way they are, and they state to their GM, hey, we got a special group, reward us. I think he does something. But if they trail off here um, a little bit, I don't know if he does, but uh, they've got the room to do it. This might be the only year for the next few. Should be fun to watch here, Rupper. Uh, really appreciate your time. And uh, uh, remind Pat McAfee, he said he was coming on our, our show. Yeah. I, I want to. Yeah, he's I, out there. He's big timer right now out there on Media Row out to the Super Bowl. But yeah, man. Oh, you can't touch him right now. <laughs> yeah, can't no. touch him right now. He's you know looking what? at we'll us going. All I got to say is you give him a platform to talk about Sid and the Pittsburgh Penguins. He'll come on every day of the week. So I'll remind him for you. Yeah. And he's so big and popular. He can drop F-bombs on our show. Oh, yeah. He's We got a green light from us. Yeah. Green light. Thanks for doing this, Rapper. Appreciate awesome, it, pal. Guys. Enjoy. Talk to you. Mike Rupp, NHL Network, co-host of That's Hockey Talk podcast. Yeah. Just one note on on Minnesota. Hmm. And that is, as Rupper just uh, talked about. Screwed. So screwed. <laughs> <laughs> like bolts. <laughs> yeah. So, so bad. I don't understand that you cannot figure out Okay, buyout, Preezy, okay. But you, I don't think you had to buy out Suter. Buy out Suter. Suter well, has Suter value. Suter got another deal for $4 million a He's year so or something. Rich. Which, <laughs> so rich. Oh, my God. Which tells you that there was value out there that could've, you didn't have to eat the whole thing. Could have just retained a little money. Involve a, another team. Take 50%. Take fifty percent off his salary and trade him, and it's less than your hit. Yeah, I wonder if there was like some at the same money. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're thinking, all right, we're not winning a cup the next three years anyway. We're trying to stockpile. I don't know. I just and so that for, one, for the record, that what we're talking crazy. about is next year the the Leafs or sorry the Wild have a twelve point seven million dollar cap penalty for the buyouts and fourteen point five million for the following two seasons after that. So they're at, operating at a salary cap of seventy million dollars compared to the rest of the league, which will be at eighty four, not eighty three five, whatever. It's nuts. It is. It's bananas. Coco. Bananas. Okay. For- Oh, sorry. No, I was going to go ahead. I was just going to say how nice it was to hear somebody come on from out of market and just say how much he loves Martin or Matthews. Yeah. You know, I feel like it was pretty refreshing from Rupp where a lot of people kind of have this attitude towards the Leafs, which they've earned in terms of, you know, some of their failures in the playoffs and big moments. But it's nice to hear a guy that knows hockey and is a good guy come on and talk positively about the Leafs. Yeah. As a Leaf fan, it was nice to hear. Good. But you got to understand that's less about. Matthews and Marner, more about just hating and being jealous of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, yeah, 100%. So oh, I know that. But I'm just, just saying. They'll take it out on them, but it's really about... It is true. There is a resentment. You know, I will say, I don't remember the, the media world being so Toronto-centric. When I grew up in the West Coast. I don't remember, like, feeling like everything was Toronto-centric. We're a Toronto-centric show. I get that. But 
talk about this. Yeah, has it changed? But, has it gotten worse over the years? Well, Hockey Night in Canada, the f- it's a national show, and first 15 minutes is 20 minutes is the Leafs. <laughs> yeah. Right? I yep. mean, it's just the way it is. Sorry. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it, too. So, I, sorry. This is... Sorry, not sorry. This is the this is where the majority of the eyeballs are and the dollars as well. Okay, That's it's it it's is. driven by the cash, and we and know. And so there's resentment, and so Marner Matthews wear that jealousy and resentment, the, the attention that the Toronto Maple Leafs get, whether they win or not. That's what pisses people off the most. Yeah, when they were bad for 15 years and still got. And you're, you're paying parental on the second power play unit sounds pretty good. Um, <laughs> Uh, he mentioned a name there in that interview when you guys were talking about Sid. He mentioned um, he mentioned Chara. Somebody texted in and said, if Chara becomes available because the Islanders aren't making it, would you pick him up? Tom That's from Schaumburg. great Schaumber. question. Tom from Schaumburg. I love that question. Ch- Chara's not coming to Canada, guys. What do you mean? Chara doesn't want to come here? No. What's wrong with Canada? <laughs> I leaves his family. No fans. Restrictions. Nah, 50% of the nah. bar. Not ah, it's not going to be the case come playoffs. Chance to win? I, I yeah. I don't know how any Leaf I, would handle that. That's a that's a that's a big bridge. I to do cross. believe. Bring me, Charlie. I do believe. In the last few years, it's been noted. Now, has he? Could he change his mind? Mm-hmm. Maybe, but I think in the past, he has said no to Canada. So coming off this incredible run with the Boston Bruins, it was about. Staying close, say Washington, Islanders. I don't think he's interested in going half across the country uh, and even being away for his family Boy, for three if, months. If Charo was on the lease, I'd have to go back and scrub some tweets. <laughs> Holy <laughs> hell, boys. Who would ever have a bad thing to say oh about Charo? Oh, my what? God. The guy that's played with a different rule book for his entire career, that guy? I love Zdeno Chara and his career. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just been away, get away with murder every shift for 15 years and not get a penalty called on him. Yeah, no one ever noticed him out there. He's sneaking around, eh? Honestly. Play, him and Shea Weber have been playing with a different rule book for 15 years. What a lease, man. Oh, they're just really smart, too. Come on. Hey, yes. don't get, hey, it's a, it's a skill. Yes. It's a yes, skill. It don't is. get me wrong. But like, like drawing penalties. He just, I mean, bunting that one last night was a bit of a crazy one. Elbows ever, the guy in the head and then goes down. Did you ever see the uh, video I did on Chara about him just like launching guys' sticks on the PK to the yes. yes. Yeah. What an unbelievable thing. Like he's done it like a dozen yeah. times. Just <laughs> knocking guys' sticks to the jumbotron be like, well, don't have to defend you anymore. I think of Chara. I, I did a... Oh, uh, go ahead. I, was, I did a face-off with Tim Hunter and we were kind of going at it a little bit and I insulted him, you know. With, <laughs> As one does. With his, yeah, <laughs> smoke a cigar in the rain, you know, that sort of <laughs> I stuff. I thought we were going there. Yeah, and <laughs> puck drops, and he stomps on my stick yeah. and com- completely uh, cuts the blade right off. Now I'm standing there with a ringette stick, <laughs> and I'm like... I love it. And he's laughing his ass off, and I'm like... I- Got to go to the bench and get. Excuse me, excuse me. I'm very back. I am not useless. I just have to go get. That's. that's, I love that. That's a. That's like Chara when he throws the stick up and it's like, uh, I've got no stick. Yeah, I guess I'll be. I'll be right back. Uh, Yeah, I guess I'll just. (laughs) You guys go on and play, and I'll be over here shopping at uh, Canadian Tire for a new stick. So Sherwood PMP. We just got another great text. Friday text coming early here, but it said if Leaf fans can handle Spezza, they can handle Chara. Right. 
They should sign Alfredson, too, says the texter. Spezza, Spezza, like, I can't believe that guy doesn't wear a letter. You know, you keep talking like this, and Lou Franceschetti's going to be coming out of retirement soon. Lou. Mm. Lou the legend. Love that guy. A lot of alumni players going, I want back in, too. (laughs) Well, he's okay. Are we going to really piss off everybody about uh, more salary cap jail if we mention Jack Eichel? uh, They're way worse than the Leafs. Well, yes. They got to trade multiple guys. So when they, Michael comes back, they get to clear four and a half million, four point yeah, three million roughly. It's, it's been out there with Riley Smith, Marcia. So I'm not sure if uh, they got to they 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 have to lose one of those contracts in a perfect mm-hmm. world, or we're gonna see some magic with long term injury. Yeah, it's got to be Riley Smith. I don't know. Maybe they convinced Dandenov to have a bad back yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. I guess Dandenov, if you could tie a pick to him, could you maybe launch him to Arizona or something? That's what I was going to bring up. That was a weird one. That was the weirdest deal to me. Like, what did they see out of him in Ottawa that made them think they, they would want Dadnov? The Donov? The Donov. The Dadnov. The Dunov. <laughs> Let's just make up pronunciations. I'm excited to but see he, Jack Eichel. He wants to play. Mm-hmm. And... There's just there's just no way that you know a lot of talk and speculation they'll pull a Tampa Bay and just hide him out, wait till after the trade deadline. Eichel? Yeah. Oh, well. That's not going to happen though. I don't think Jack would want that or allow that if he's ready to go. That's he wants long, to play. If, yeah, but they're going to have to fit him in. Yeah, he's in a non-contact jersey. No, he's yeah he's ready. He's in a contact jersey. Yes, in a contact jersey. Yes, right, he's ready right. to rock. So. So he, he wants okay. to play, and it's up to George McPhee and Riley McCrimmon Smith to find them year. find them a spot. You know, you know who really would like them to delay it a little longer? Kevin Adams, GM of the Sabers. <laughs> yeah, so just kick it down the road a little further, guys. Less less time of seeing Jack Eichel on ice for right. us, please. Riley Smith has thirty points in forty four games. It's not like he's done nothing. He's a good player. He's a good player. Good player. He's a good player. <laughs> I did sound like Babs there. Real right? good. Real good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the name Mac Guzda. Guzda? Yeah. Yes. Junior player had. This is the pronunciation episode today. Probably six teams, I, I'm told, legit teams that he could have signed with. And like, he chooses the Florida Panthers. Who already have Spencer Knight and Bobrovsky. So usually in that scenario, the first thing you look at, and we know it's a salary cap and it's an entry-level contract, and there's only so much you can do with that. The number one thing on a priority list is opportunity. Right. Where is it? I, I assure you that at least four out of the six would have been a better opportunity. Yeah. Then Spencer Knight and Bobrovsky. Well, what are they telling them now? What are they saying? All I know is I'm just trying to connect the dots here. Mm -hmm. And everything I hear is Florida is all in on Jacob Chikrin. They are the team that want him bad. Spencer Knight? Owen Tippett and Spencer Knight? Ooh. 
Okay. I, uh, Hold on, I'm just but at the same time that around before I yeah. do words about it. It's probably not great for radio. Just mull, mull, mull. <laughs> they want, and we've said this, we said this all along for a very long time that they were they want a Jack Eichel type of return, which would include a first and top prospects and maybe another. I gotta player. be honest. I think I like this this. This suggestion both ways, right? Like if you're is Arizona- that enough? Owen Tippett and Spencer Knight for Jacob Chikrin feels like a hell of a haul. Well, it's a haul, but Chikrin's deal's a it's, screaming deal. It's it's they love Florida absolutely loves that they get Jacob Chikrin under five million dollars when everyone else comparables at nine, yeah. and they get that for four more years. No, that's a screen. It's a great contract. So it's not. It is just, the best. Yeah, it's not just the player you're getting there. Um, yeah, and if I'm Arizona, you know, you get what you think is a franchise goaltender at the start of his career, and then you, a nice piece in Owen Tippett. He's, he's a player. He's off to a really good start in his career. I guess the only question is, what's Veg Melka? The guy yeah. that played against the Leafs. Was that him? That was him, yeah. The guy that was unbelievable against the Leafs. The when world's 50 best human. Yeah. But Goose is also a guy that you've already explained to him, you're probably not going to play in the NHL for another three or four years. I mean, there's there's a maybe, real development so when it comes to these. Vegmelka is 25. So maybe Vegmelka goes the other, other way with Chikrin or someone, one of their other goalies goes, so Bobrovsky has a guy. A backup. That's an interesting and terrifying thought as a Leaf fan. If the the, the Cats adding um, adding Chikrin would yeah. not be a good thing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Also, Vegmelk is a 9.03 save percentage this year. I'm just yeah. gonna keep my thoughts to myself and, on him. Well, you I mean, know, he, he, he was the, great against the Leafs. He must be good. Right. Here's the problem too, and with teams up against the cap, is that you cannot keep up with the Joneses without if, giving up. If Florida goes and gets Jacob Chikrin, it doesn't mean that you automatically go out and get Josh Manson. Can't just go into credit card debt forever no. without having to pay no, a bill. No, you've <laughs> got you to focus in on your situation, and that's where I think Kyle was leading us towards that I got to – I cannot worry. Guys. I can't worry about what Florida's doing or – Tampa Bay's doing. I just gotta manage what I have here. That's 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 where it is right now with this flat cap. It's it's a thing for everyone, and this is why I was frustrated earlier in the show, is that it's everyone is trying to figure out what to do about the salary cap not going up. You don't sign John Tavares and Marner and Nylander to their huge deals unless you expect that they're going to be a decreasing portion of a larger cap. You know, everyone has made plans based on this larger cap. And as efficiently as you may spend your money, you're still stuck figuring out what to do to get good players in. And so for Florida, that makes some sense as a way to do it. Uh, I don't know what Mac Guzda is, but... Uh, Played for the attack. Good goalie in the OHL. I've yeah. watched him play a handful of times. Huge. Massive Monster. guys. 6'5", yeah. 9'25", save percentage they, in the... They had dealt, the dealt him to Barry this year because the attack were kind of reloading. But there you go. The attack minute. 
How about having but you haven't got a clue. You got, on your team? You, you haven't got a clue if this guy can play. I mean, you're going to have to. I don't know if he's real. That's right. a very made-up name. Good goalie prospect. 6'5", good in the OHL. A lot of teams wanted him. Like He's a good goalie prospect. Gak Muzda. I don't know. Where is he from? <laughs> he's a dual citizen. I think he's state Canada and the USA. I don't know exactly where he's born, though. Tennessee or something. Yeah. I think that's what somebody mentioned. Mm-hmm. Matt Guzda from Tennessee is not a real person. We are, you guys have made this. Sounds like a country music star. <laughs> it does, a little bit. Um, Danny Briere yeah. named special assistant to Chuck Fletcher. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds so much better when it's the GM, but this one sounds like it's like, hey, Chuck. Like the Flyers are tried to win this season. They didn't Arizona tank it, right? Like they got aggressive in their offseason and they're bottom five in the NHL looking at a lottery pick. How safe is Chuck Fletcher's job with Danny Briere just moving into the corner office down the down the hall? I think he's I think he's gonna be okay for the start of next season. You just don't hire Danny and then hire the succession before you might as well just do it if you want to. Three Danny. weeks later, four weeks later, you move Danny in that quickly. They want you to Can train you... your successor? Yeah. Uh, here's where the bodies are buried, then then do it. I don't know. Well, it does to me, it seems pretty ominous. You know, it kind of reminds me of uh Do it then now. Don't Yeah. What's with the special title that guys are getting? You know, feud is a special advisor to Carolina. Uh, this is you know, Breer's a special so, I- assistant. What makes him Susie? Scott Niedermeyer got an official title today? Yeah, special something again. Is he special too? Oh, he's very special. Yeah, like, how is Breer not just the, he's an assistant GM, right? All right, listen, somebody does it, copycat league, you just go and do it. I got to and... say, as a, a hockey guy, I like to think I'm a bit of a, a hockey guy. The more jobs in hockey, the better. So let's just create positions. Sure. Oh, every team needs a special. Scott Niedermeyer named as Anaheim Ducks special advisor to hockey operations. Special advisor to the special assistant GM. I mean, here's the thing. It's Scott Niedermeyer. They're like, here's money. Here's money. Here's money. Hang around. Be here. Be here. Pick your title. Yeah. You can advise him on anything, too, like the snack bar, right? Not (laughs) enough salt on the chips, whatever. Well, when I was with the Marlies, we used to have uh, Jacques Caron would come through. Jacques Lemaire would come through. Cliff Fletcher would come through. All these guys on the payroll. You know, what what do you think, guys? Pretty good. (laughs) good. You know what is even, like, now getting – Stranger 2 is now press releases from the Chicago Blackhawks. Today we interviewed for the GM Did job. Did they do that? Oh, Peter Shirelli. They put out a picture of Peter Shirelli and interviewed. Uh, that, yes, officially interviewed. That's an NFL right? Move. NFL teams do that a lot. They do. Yeah. The Giants were big doing that. Just so you know we're trying. I think this is just you see how transparent we are, everybody? Yeah. That's yeah. probably Remember true. Remember the old us who would, like, not tell any secrets? Right. Yeah. Now we're super <laughs> transparent. We're going to tell you who we're interviewing. Yeah. Here's who's sleeping with who in the front office. And tomorrow, meatloaf in the cafeteria. <laughs> hey, you see they Thanks. interviewed Eric Tulski too? He's the, uh, you know, with Carolina, right? He was their, their analytics guy, moved on up to, I think he's their vice president of hockey strategy, speaking Ooh, of titles that are title. fairly made up. But yeah, he, he, he got a GM interview, so that's pretty cool. What, what, so are you guys going to come up with your hockey titles for the show? You know, I have been in roles where I've got to pick my title before, and it's a really weird situation. 
you know. I'm just going to make something up that'll just be really cool. <laughs> like what? I don't know. <laughs> Any time. Chief Emperor of Awesome yeah. for Sportsnet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't King. know. King. Yeah, I just want King. <laughs> King Kipper. King Kip's a rap name. I like. King of snacks. <laughs> How about that? You're King Groceries. Oh, All right. Chief gross, Grocery Officer. Officer. We're done already. God, that's fast. Yeah, flies past two hours. Our thanks to Mike Kelly, Mike Rupp, the Mikes. JB. Thank you, sir. Right back at it tomorrow on The Real Kipper and Born Show. Thanks for listening. You get a chance, give us a rating and review. We'd love to hear from you on all your major podcasts. Have a great night, everyone.